Here at Doxaday Bloom, we are excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope that you enjoy today's message. So we're already in week three of our series, Hebrews, where we're diving into the Bible and studying the book of Hebrews together as a family. Well, in the past few weeks, we've discussed already a few things. In week three, we're discussing something really cool. Um, in week one, we discussed the primacy of Jesus, um, the, the picture of who Jesus is and emphasizing His primacy. And in week two, we actually spoke about this, the passion of God, the passion that God has um, for His people and the world around us. But not only that, but today we're talking about this word priest. You see, Jesus is actually named or called the, the perfect priest, the high priest, the final priest. And uh, I don't know about you, but when I think of priest, what's the image you get in your head? Is it this picture of someone, you know, just dressed in long robes, you know, um, just monotonous, maybe even boring. Uh, maybe it's someone just carrying a staff, you know, with this robe and, and standing on this pulpit and, and addressing people and leading people. Or maybe even just, you know, that little chain with a, with a smoke thingy, you know. Like, what do you think when you think of priest? Now, in this picture of, of describing what this priest is or what a priest is, um, we are actually going to dive through Hebrews and kind of dissect and look at what it looks like when we say that Jesus is the high priest. Now, the Hebrews writer, what he does in the book of Hebrews, he compares Jesus um, to a bunch of people in the Bible. He compares them and saying that Jesus is greater than all of these, especially a bunch of Old Testament uh, leaders. He, he speaks about the scriptures and the prophets saying that Jesus is greater than them. He talks about angels and even Moses and even Joshua and the other leaders saying that Jesus is greater than them. He talks about the law and the Jewish covenant or the temple and even the old priests saying that Jesus is greater than them. Talking about sacrifices made and even sin and the guilt of sin, that Jesus is greater than them. Talking about the old covenant heroes of faith, all these heroes we read about. And Jesus, uh, the Hebrews writer keeps saying that Jesus is greater than them. And even going into Hebrews 12, we will get to speaking about this, is that Jesus is even greater than the troubles and doubts we fear today. And this is a beautiful thing to understand because Jesus is greater than all of these. And so if Jesus is greater than all of these, we have to ask when it comes to the word priest, is Jesus the greater priest? Is he definitely the one that is the greater priest? You see, not only is Jesus the greater priest, um, better than Aaron and the Levites, which we'll dive into a little bit later, but he's also the final priest. He's the last of them. He's the last priest because he came to do something that is perfect. Because he's the perfect priest, he is the last priest. You see in Hebrews 4 verse 14, and we're diving into this piece of scripture. We're going to go from Hebrews 5 all the way um, to Hebrews 9. And uh, we're diving into this piece of scripture in Hebrews 4 just to set us up. And it says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. And he's saying this, who is Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. And this is the picture. We have to look whether Jesus is the great high priest. And here's the, sp the space we're going to go into is understanding this first picture. A better priest. Knowing that Jesus is a better priest. Now what is a priest? A priest is someone that is a, a mediator between people 
and God, or humans and God, us and God. And way back in the Old Testament, if you wanted to connect with God, if you wanted to um, be in a place where you could have a relationship with God, you had to go through a priest, through a mediator between God and people. And uh, the priest would do a bunch of different things, right? They would perform mandatory um, rituals on behalf of people um, to God and they would do sacrifices and offerings, things to get us in the right place. Hebrews 5 verse 1 says that for every high priest chosen among the men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer uh, gifts and sacrifices for sin. And this is this picture of people going to the temple um, in many different ways, um, either for personal sacrifice because you've sinned and you feel guilty. Uh, maybe it was because of a, just a daily sacrifice that the priest was actually doing every single day, sacrificing because he's doing this on behalf of the nation. Or even the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur is actually what it's called. And uh, it's the Day of the Nation. Uh, once a year, the nation would get together and they would do a Day of Atonement and a sacrifice on that day as well. Now, the scary thing about this is that the priest would constantly go and do this over and over and over and over again. Because only the thing we have to understand is that the sacrifice, what the priest is doing is extremely temporary. It is not a permanent solution. And that's the difference when we talk about a better priest. You see, Jesus wasn't here to make, give us a temporary solution. He was here to be the solution once and for all. He gets the job done on a permanent basis. And in the old covenant way of thinking, sometimes we might even bring this into our relationship with God, still thinking that we need to come and keep on sacrificing, going you know, to the table, trying to be some or other priest to try and do the right thing so that we could have a relationship with God. Friends, Jesus paid the price so that we could be close. And we're going to dive further into the sacrifices. But in, in Hebrews 10, Verse 4, it even says this, For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. You see, it's not the blood of bulls and goats that, that takes away sins, some sacrifice. No, we need something better. We need a better priest. Even Hebrews 11, uh, 10 verse 11 says this, is that every day the priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. It is a reluctant process. It's one that gets boring. It's monotonous. It's there, but it does not work. It does not actually end the story. So what do we need? We need a better priest. So the better priest, how do we find that Jesus is the better priest? In Hebrews 5, it says, Also Christ did not exalt himself to be made high priest, but was appointed by him and said, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. And this is the picture of a priest. So a priest was appointed by a group of people to talk to God. But here we see Jesus appointed by God to talk to people, to interact with people. You see, God was, Jesus was appointed by God to become this high priest. And, and if you even look at the old picture of it, when I mean, you look at the Levites and this picture of them, the tribe of Levi was actually the, one of the 12 tribes of Jacob. And in these 12 tribes, this was usually the tribe that the priests came from. And you had to be kind of be a Levite to be a priest. And uh, the problem with that is that that's where we see a lot of guys, you know, come through that are priests. And um, we see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Levi and uh, obviously the picture of priests. And um, the problem with this, however, 
is that when we look at these priests, they were never really good enough to be priests because they would always have to sacrifice firstly for themselves so that they would be cleansed and then they could sacrifice for people um, around there, for the people that came. Why? Because they weren't clean in themselves. And that is why this discussion starts opening up when we look at the picture of God or Jesus being the perfect priest because he did not need sacrifice because he was perfect. He was perfect in himself. You see, in other words, Jesus was greater, greater than the Levites, greater than Aaron, greater than Abraham because he was appointed as the son of God by God. And he is appointed as the high priest, the perfect priest. And see, why is this important that we mention sonship in this picture? It's because God appointed him above anyone else. Because he, Jesus is not like us, he's different. But people like Abraham and Aaron, they're like us. They still need um, that picture, you see. So here is why a priest actually had to be different and not a Levite, not someone else, but it had to be someone different, someone new, someone that is fulfilled in holiness. In Hebrews 7, verse 26 and 27, it goes on to say this, for it is instead um, indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, talking about Jesus here, one that is holy, innocent, unstained, um, separated from sinners, um, exalted above the heavens. He is no need. He has no need <laughs> like those of high priests to offer sacrifices daily, first for their own sins and then for the sins of the people, since he did this once and for all when he offered up himself. You see, when we look at Jesus, he's a different priest. He's holy already. He's innocent already. He's unstained already. He's separated from sinners already when it comes to holiness. He's exalted above the heavens. He has no need for daily sacrifices. He has done this once and for all, one sacrifice once and for all, not continuously. Why? Because it's only the Son of God that can do what man cannot do. And that is give something that is permanent, something that is good. And it's only God that can do this, not us. You see, the picture of Jesus, the, the perfect priest, he is the one that has been, has been called by God to be the perfect priest to us. He's not a good priest or a better priest, actually. He is the perfect priest. But when we talk about the perfect priest, what does that mean? What does that look like to me? Why is it good to have a better priest? Well, if there is a better priest, that means that there is probably a better covenant. Because if we have a better priest, there needs to be a better covenant. We cannot live in an old covenant. We need to live in a new one then. And that is what Christ actually calls us to. He ushers in a new covenant. Hebrews 8, there's this previous engagement with the people of God was, was not working. It, it shows us this picture that the covenant that was there in the old the Jewish times, in the old, old Testament, it wasn't working. People were sacrificing and, and still missing it. And people were messing up and still missing it. And so Jesus comes as the new priest to bring us this new covenant. And uh, it's been planned from the start, just by the way. Jeremiah 31 explains this picture that God will bring a new covenant to his people, not only to take away sins, but also to bring him closer to him, to take away the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, um, and the, this picture of rest, that it's actually in the right place. Um, and it'll be substituted and given to a better, easier covenant. A covenant that is actually aimed around the real thing when the Holy Spirit is poured out on us and in us. So this is what the Holy Spirit does as well, right? 
is that when this new covenant comes, it says that the laws and his instructions are now imprinted in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. You see that we start living in a new covenant by believing in the new priest, in the perfect priest. Why? Why is this important? Why do we need a new covenant? Because the new covenant speaks to the new priest. The old covenant doesn't speak to the new priest. See, the old covenant is all about daily sacrifices, doing things to become holy. It's also all about distance and delay. You know, I, I'm always distant from God and then I do something holy and for a moment I could be close. It even talks about the work for acceptance. I do things, therefore God can accept me. Therefore I have value. And that's the old covenant. But what does the new covenant teach us? It teaches us exactly the opposite thing. It says there is no more distance and delay. Because of what Jesus has done, we are no longer far away, but we are now close, closer than we've ever been before. And the other thing is we no longer work for acceptance. No, we work from acceptance from Jesus. Jesus comes to give us acceptance in fullness. He gives us grace and love so that we can now live from that space, work fully from the acceptance of God. And not only that, but there's not these daily sacrifices that we do no more. No, not anymore. What do we do? We actually sacrifice. There is no sacrifice. The sacrifice has been done once and for all by Jesus, giving us this full picture of who Jesus is, that he came to come and bridge the gap between us and God. So the main point here in Hebrews 8 is to understand that we need a new kind of priest. We need this new kind of priest because there is a new kind of covenant, a new way of looking at it. Why? Because the old covenant, let's be honest, wasn't working for us, right? We were trying and failing and trying and failing, doing the Ten Commandments and failing. But here Jesus comes in and He changes the game. He says it's no longer about the law. It's no longer about these, these old people of faith. No, I've come to perfect the faith. I have come to be the perfect priest. And I've come to give you a new covenant. One where you can start living your life. That when you follow me, life is free. It is open. It is a space where you can actually be who I've called you to be. You are not condemned. You are only convicted. You are not persecuted, but you are now living a life free in me. And as Christ says, come to me and I will give you life. I will be your company. I will be the person around you because when I am, when I'm a part of that life, when we invite the perfect priest into our life, he brings a new, a better covenant to our lives. Ones that are not aimed around what we do, but what he has already done. And we can step into that. We can step into this. And why can we do that? What sets us up for this beautiful picture? Well, it's understanding that there's not only a better priest, which is Jesus. There's not only a better covenant, which is the new covenant, but that there's also a better sacrifice that makes all of this possible. See, as we look into this better sacrifice, we, we, we spoke about this picture of the priest, the high priest in, in Hebrews 7. I'm talking about this high priest and we spoke in Romans 8, talking about this picture of a better covenant. But now when we look at Hebrews 9 and 10, it gives us this picture of a better sacrifice. You see, Jesus being the son of God means that he can be the better and final um, priest. He is the better and final priest. He's the perfect priest ushering in a new covenant, a perfect covenant, one that works well, better than before. But that also means that he brings in a new sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice opposed to animals, one that is real, one that cost him everything. You see, Hebrews 9, verse 12 to 15, I'm going to read it with you. He did not enter by blood or goats or calves, but 
he entered by the, in the most high places once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. And this is for everyone. And saying that the blood of goats and bulls and these ashes uh, sprinkled on those in ceremonially uncleaning, sac un unclean, sanctifying them um, is in an outwardly expression of being becoming clean. But how much more then will the blood of Christ, um, whom through the Spirit, eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleansing our conscience from the acts that lead us to death. You see, and this is what happens is that in verse 15, it says, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of this new covenant. We see this picture of Jesus inviting, coming into the space saying, I put down my life as the perfect sacrifice. I come not to spill the blood of, of goats and, and calves and all those things. No, I come to show that I give my own blood. Why? Because my blood is perfect. It is eternal redemption for this world. Friends, Jesus' blood is the eternal redemption for this world. It comes to redeem us. Why? Why does He come to redeem us? Well, it explains that a little bit later. So that for this reason, Christ now becomes the mediator of a new covenant. He becomes the new source, the new person, the new perfect priest we can go to because through Him, we have full access to God, full access for ourselves to God through Jesus. You see, in the Jewish faith in the Old Covenant, it would explain this is that a priest would mediate by means of animal sacrifice in order to, um, to uphold or to sanctify themselves and satisfy some or other covenant that was happening. This arrangement with God. But in the New Testament, in the new, um, uh, in the new space where we, we have this new covenant with Jesus, we see that Jesus now becomes the perfect priest. There's no longer a priest that connects us with God. No, no, Jesus has become the perfect priest. You don't need a pastor or someone to pray for you. No, you have full access because you have Jesus. And not only that, but he says that he mediates in by means of his perfect sacrifice that He gave Himself in order that we can have a better and new covenant with God, a new connection with God, a new understanding of who God is. You see, friends, you don't need anyone to talk to Jesus. You just need Jesus. You need Jesus to talk to God. And I want to invite you that this new covenant, this new priest that came, this new covenant that was given to us, this new interaction, this new sacrifice is for you. It's for you to enjoy. It's for you to be in a space to enjoy God. We're no longer disconnected from God. We're always connected to who God is. Now, I want to invite you that next week, we're going to be talking about um, a, a few different things as well when it comes to this. And this is going to link to next week. Um, making the connection you know, of this perfect priest, how does that actually translate into our lives when it comes to God actually perfecting us and filling us? Asking the question this week, we're focused on believing who Jesus is, that in Him, He is perfect. But also that next week, how do we then look about us? How do we look at ourselves? And when it comes to this perfect priest, this person. But before we dive into thinking about next week, I want to ask you this question. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe? Do you truly believe that he is the perfect priest that came to bring in a new covenant because he was the perfect sacrifice? And I want to encourage you throughout the week. Um, how does this actually implicate you in your personal relationship with God? Does it give you a safety, a, a place where you can stand on a foundation? Because when we know this, friends, knowing that Jesus was the perfect priest, there's no one else we need to run to. Not to a person or a pastor or a plumber for that matter. No. Who do we run to? 
we run to the perfect priest who is Jesus. And so I want to going to pray for us and I want to invite you, invite you to run to Jesus that has made the way so that you can have a deeper relationship with him. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we end off our time together, and I, I really trust, Father, that you are going to come and bring something new to the table in people's lives, that you're going to bring this understanding that you are the perfect priest. You are the one that came to make a way because of this way. Jesus, we can now ask the question, when we look at our lives with you practically, how does that affect us? It gives us a space where you are close, a space where you are our foundation because of what you've done. We can stand firm in your word. And that sets us up for a new relationship in this new covenant. It sets us up for a new life. And I pray for people that are watching this, Lord Jesus, if they feel in their heart that they need to believe this and understand this in the depth, Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will just work in them. And as it says that your Holy Spirit will, will put on their hearts this truth, this truth of this new covenant, that in you, Lord Jesus, we have life and life in abundance. We thank you for what you've done, Jesus, for being our perfect priest. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.